This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, good morning, everyone. Praise God. We want to welcome you this morning to Fellowship Church. Glad you can be here. Delighted that you can be with us. We also want to uh, welcome all of those that are online watching from wherever it is that you are. Praise God. We're glad you can be with us here today. Praise God. I tell you, this is the day the Lord has made. So what is it we're going to do? And what else are we going to do? Amen. Glory to God. I tell you what, every day is worth praising God and being glad. Amen. You know, you have an option and we might as well take the good one and get and be glad. Amen. Praise God. I remember uh, we had a minister here, oh, some years back, and uh, he preached out of the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, and he entitled the message, I choose to be happy. Hallelujah. You know, because God said, I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing, so choose life. How many of you know we get to have a choice? You know, I can't make you happy. Uh, You know, uh, your wife sure can't make you happy. (laughs) Your husband can't make you happy. We might as well get everybody in on this deal. No, praise God, you're the one that does the choosing. So thank God we have the privilege. And I tell you what, it's all because of Jesus that we can be glad, that we can rejoice, that we can be happy. Because glory to God, he's coming again. Amen. You excited about his return? You ought to be. Glory to God. I mean, you know, people, you go to a football stadium or something like that, and they're waiting for their team to come out on the field, you know, and all of a sudden there's this thunderous roar, you know, when they come out of the, out of the, uh, uh, yeah, tunnel. And uh, that's what I was looking for. And uh, they're excited about a a football team for crying out loud. Well, listen, uh, we're talking about King Jesus here. Amen. The the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Glory to God. You know, if you're going to clap, let's just all clap. Amen. Let's just clap. Praise God. He's coming again. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again. Now, if you want to be amongst the scorners and the mockers, then you can be like them that say, you know, where is the sign of his coming? You know, everything seems to be the same as it's always been. Well, listen, I got news for you. There's stuff happening that you know nothing about. And he is preparing, praise God, to come and to meet his bride, the bride of Christ, the church, you and I, those that have been born of the Spirit of God. So we have something to look forward to. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This morning, uh, it's Promotion Sunday. We've got all of our kids in here, as you may notice. And so what we want to do, we realize that they're going to be moving up. Everybody say moving up. Yeah, next level kind of stuff, and I'm sure they're excited about it. But, you know, they're also going to be going back to school. And so the Bible says that the church is the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And that includes not only us as parents, but it also includes our kids. So what we'd like to do this morning is, is we'd like to pray for them. Would you like to pray for them? Hallelujah. So if all the kids, teenagers and youth, or I mean young people alike, uh, children would like to stand and come down here, I'm sure I will not bite you. Come on. Yeah, we got one brave soul. We got quite a few of them here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give them a hand as they come. And if you'll just stand here and face the crowd, they'd like to see your face, not your back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at him, isn't this wonderful? Praise God. Hey, Gage, what's up, man? Stand right here, will you? By Pastor Mike, that a boy. All right, now. 
Anybody else? Or are they, you want them over here, Pastor Brian? Yeah, you that are hiding, would you come on over this way? You got these bunch of brave souls over here? Come on, yeah, there you go. Tyler, lead the way. Come on, girls. Yeah. yeah. This whole crowd, come on, Will. Come on over here. Yeah, there you go. There, lead, 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 lead. Keep it going, keep it going. You're doing great. That's a much better deal, isn't it? Glory to God. Now, for those of you in the congregation, would you please stand? Now, if there's teachers, you're welcome to join. We'd like for you to join if there's teachers in the congregation. Anybody? Teachers? You hide? Uh, Angie? Who else? Um, Okay, Fisher Girl's not here. All right, good enough. Stretch your hands out toward these kids. Father, we love you. And Father God, as we bring our children to you, Father, we want to thank you for your divine grace upon each and every one of them. Father, it's our prayer today as they make this next step into this new grade that they're going to um, experience, Father God, that your hand would rest upon them, that you might strengthen them, Father, with might by your spirit in their inner man. Father God, we thank you for making them stalwart and strong. Thank you, Lord God, for giving them wisdom in their studies. That, Father God, those things that they learn, Father, will come easily for each and every one of them. And, Father God, that they will go beyond their peers in understanding. Father God, I thank you for making a way, speaking to their hearts, creating dreams in them, Father, of what can and should be. Father, the possibilities that heaven affords for each and every one of them. Father, I thank you for filling them with hope. And Father, as we pray today, we pray for every parent that represents these children, that they too, Father God, would, would, would bear and embrace the same sentiment, that Father God, that they would look to you as a family, that in your grace, Father God, that you would not only keep them, but sustain them and strengthen them. Thank you for prospering them, Father, in everything that they set their hands to. And Father God, I thank you that you'll use them for your glory, that they will be a witness, that they will be a testimony to your grace, Father, in every school they represent. And Father, we thank you for your blessing in their lives. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said... Amen. Thanks, everybody, you bunch of brave souls. You can go now. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Give one more hand as they go. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Did I tell you you could be seated? No, it's all right. (laughs) You just did it anyway, didn't you? Amen. It's all right. Hey, my wife and I just celebrated 44 years of wedded bliss, baby. Wedded bliss. Glory to God. You know, you hear everybody, you know, they say, well, we've been married for 44 years. And, you know, like three of them have been happy or something like that. I don't know what they say. Well, that's not the, that's not the case with us. We've had 44 years of marriage and we've been happy for 48. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I, dated, I started dating this girl. You know, I jumped over, I, 
I got caught cheating in school. And uh, imagine that. Actually broke into the school. You say, could you really do that? You did not know me. But by the light of the uh, uh, security light, you know, there next to the school, we laid on the floor and put all the notes down and, and, uh, and it was a perfect plan, you guys. We had this thing. So we got all the, got all the answers and the next day we go to this, what was that, Bowley? Who, who, what, what did he teach? History, yeah. And so anyway, that's Al. This guy always lands on his feet. As long as I've ever known him, which I've known him all my life, that guy will always land on his feet. So anyway, because he didn't get caught. That's my point, even though he was in on it. So um, it was a perfect plan. Everything was going great until one of our classmates, which would be Angela's uncle, um, took his cheat sheet and wadded it up, and it was hot. We didn't have air conditioning in those days. It was hot. And so the window was open, and when he got done, he, he watched for Mr. Bowley to turn his back at, and then he was going to throw it out the window. Well, he did throw it out the window. The only problem is the cat turned around at the same time that he let go of it. So he didn't, you know, he didn't say anything or anything like that. The history teacher just played it cool. And all of a sudden, he left the room. And we're all in there, and everybody thinks it's great and whatever. And you say, why are you telling this story? Because I know you would enjoy this, okay? So anyway, he, he's gone for a little bit, and then he comes back, and uh, he says, no one is leaving until someone can explain this to me. And he had that cheat sheet in his hand. Never have forgiven Camel for that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so a few of us that were brave and honest, not, not Alan Hadfield. <laughs> Who were a few of the rest of them that got out of it on this deal? I don't remember. The girls. A lot of girls. Well, so anyway, they flunked us uh, for the semester, so we had to take the class. We had to take another class. So as a senior, I had to take a class with the juniors in psychology. Was that not a trip? <laughs> Holy cow. The guidance counselor was one teaching the class, and she was in there. And so when I came in, I jumped over a few chairs and different things like that, and desks, and I says, and she had this ring on her finger from some other Nerf ball. And I said, you know, kind of like, when are you going to get rid of this guy and go out with a real man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is that the way you remember it? You remember it differently? Do you want to tell them their side, your side? <laughs> she just said she thought, I thought that that's the way it was. But that's what I remember. You like that, Johnny? It's a good story, isn't it? Yes, very much. You know, so anyway. So it wasn't too long after that, she got rid of the ring. Open season, baby. Come on. And I started dating her, and she started dating me, and what a wonderful story. And uh, so here we are, like I said, 48 years later, still in love and still happy to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. And I tell you what, there's so much that I owe to that woman right there uh, for making me who I am. And uh, I appreciate her. Let's, let's give the First Lady of the Church a great big round of applause. Yeah. Amen.
she, she, <laughs> she's put up with me, you know? That is correct. That, is correct. that part I got right. <laughs> I love you, baby. That's great. <clears throat> Joe, bring a Bible with you? Let's open our Bibles. Let me mention a couple things to you. We're going to be praying on Sunday night to 29th. I hope you'll join us. We're praying for the nation. We're praying for the church. And uh, she needs prayer. And, uh, you know, when Ezekiel was writing, he said, uh, he made the record of uh, the Lord saying that I sought for a man that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge for the land. Because the people within the land were godless and sinful and what's unfortunate is is he couldn't find anybody and so he ended out ended up pouring out his indignation against those that were wicked i tell you what we are the preservers of life you guys whether you're aware of it or not you know when abraham when that whole thing went down with sodom and gomorrah and abraham began to intercede in their behalf and he said surely uh, shall not the judge of all the earth do that which is right? You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't destroy the righteous with the wicked, would you? If there were 50 there? And he said, no, if there's 50 there, I won't. And he went all the way down, remember, he went to 10. You know, and he said, if you can find 10. He said, if I can find 10 righteous people, I won't destroy the city. Well, unfortunately, he only found eight. And guess what? It ended up toast. So while you are grieved, um, uh, by the behavior of the world that is around you, um, it's more important for us to pray that God would have mercy on them and that they would see or recognize the error of their way because there is judgment coming. You know, it doesn't make any difference. They can say whatever they want. They can believe whatever they want. Um, uh, but there is a hard and a very harsh reality coming to the ungodly. You know, you say, well, what makes a person ungodly? The thing that makes a person ungodly is when they disobey God. That's sin. We don't want to talk about sin. We don't want to talk about immorality. We don't want to talk about some of the things that are very, very apparent where people's lives are concerned. And uh, so that, that brings a disparity uh, where those people are concerned and where heaven is concerned. But thank God we have the privilege of being able to share the good news. Amen. How many of you know Jesus is good news? He came to seek and to save those that are lost. And when we talk about lost, we're talking about people that are without a relationship with God. They don't know him. And so consequently, they live the way that they do. The Bible says that we are by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The Bible describes us as being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in us. You know, some people, they think they're so smart you know, and uh, so sophisticated. And, you know, yeah, I ask myself the question, how can somebody be uh, uh, so, how can somebody so smart be so dumb? Well, it's just because they don't know. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. You know, there's great reason to, to believe, amen? Some night when it's a clear sky, walk outside and look up. And all you have to do is see what's up there and you know that God is real. He himself is revealed in nature. You see a full moon last night? Man, that baby was big and bad. It was awesome. Amen. You know, you say, is that what you do in the evenings? I do a lot of things in the evening. Praise God. You know, but I tell you what, I like to appreciate what it is that God, you know, I like the psalmist, David, you know, he says, when I, 
when I, when I consider the stars and everything that your hand has made, he asks the question, what is man that you're even mindful of him? And yet God has elevated man to a place of great status and great grace and great glory. And so we ought to rejoice in what it is that he's done for us. Amen? Praise God and, and praise his wonderful name. I know a lot of you, you got problems. We all have problems. But I'm telling you what, there is a greater God than any problem that you will ever have. And he is able. But the devil likes to take people and have them accentuate and think about and meditate and focus on what it is that isn't happening instead of rejoicing in what is happening. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, hit a nerve. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> good. So, uh, because God cares about you. Wants to put you over in life. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about choosing to be happy. You know, if all of our conversation is about, you know, the wreck that's always occurring and what's wrong and, you know, all of that, uh, it doesn't make anybody very happy, especially not the person talking. Amen? But I tell you what, we can focus on him. Think about what he's done in your life. Think about the homes that you live in. Think about the places that he's taken you, the things that you've been privileged to be able to do, your children, your family. You know, you say, well, they're all a bunch of knotheads. Well, whose fault's that? Where'd they come from? You know, acorns don't fall very far from the tree. But anyway, yeah, you know, there's things that you can rejoice in and be glad for. Amen? Be thankful. Not complaining. Not murmuring. Yeah, but I don't like this and I don't like that. Well, you know what? If you'd partner up with heaven, praise God, maybe perhaps something could be done about that. Amen. Did y'all bring a Bible with you? Did I tell you to turn anywhere? Okay, not yet. Okay, 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. So good to see all of you. Thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you again for your participation in supporting the local church and uh, fellowship church and what it is that we're doing. A lot of great things have happened this summer with our kids being at camp. You know, uh, them coming down, you know, to worship God at the altar is uh, kind of an outgrowth of the camping experience that they've had. They're on fire for God. They love Jesus. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? I mean, praise God, that's worth supporting. That's, that's worth getting involved with because God is doing something in the hearts of our kids. Amen. And there's no price that you can place on that. You know, so again, I, I thank you so much for your generosity and helping us uh, pay the bills. I just uh, uh, signed a contract for about $12,000 worth of fuel so you can stay warm this winter. Amen. You say $12,000? Yeah. Have you ever tried to heat a building this size? You know, you're not doing that with chicken suppers, I can tell you that right now, because you can't sell enough chicken. Are you? Well, you could, but you know, you, we'd have to have it every week, which wouldn't be too bad, Mary. You know? Yeah. No, 12, 12, about 12,000 bucks. And, and that's with a full tank going in before we kind of get started. Amen. Because it costs some money to heat this place. But aren't you glad God's got a bunch of it? Yes. He's got plenty. Amen. You know, we're not going broke. We're not going under. You know, we're going over. But again, I appreciate the fact that we can do these things in order to, and there's some other things that we would like to do in the way of, you know, with a building of 50-some thousand square feet, you know, there's always maintenance. 
and different things of that nature and repairs and whatnot that need to be made. And we've got some of those that we need to uh, give some consideration to. We do our very best. We really do to try to be the best stewards that we can. We take care of the place, you know, and uh, steward what it is that he's entrusted us with. But kind of like everything, you know, stuff gets old. It's got to be redone. How many of you understand that? You know, I just redid my, my deck while I'm in the process. I tell you what, my bride of 44 years, she has been a trooper, baby. She's been out there, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. Now, she has got a few bruises and pinched and, you know, barked and let out a little war hoop here once in a while, you know, but praise God, she's come through good. Well, anyway, my story was is that uh, after 20 years, um, the thing was about to fall off the house, so it was time to do something different because it got old. And uh, so, you know, you just got to get after it and make it happen. Same thing's true with our lives, your lives, everyone, you know, you got replacements. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God's got plenty? Yes. Amen. I mean, he's got plenty. So anyway, I'm, I'm appreciative of your engagement and your involvement with uh, Fellowship Church, with the local church to do what we're doing. And um, it's going to be a great season this, this next fall. We've got some things planned, and um, we want you to be a part of that, of course. I mentioned the prayer thing on the 29th. You need to come pray. You know? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, you can give me all the excuses that you want. Well, I don't know how to do that. Listen, dude, talking to God is not that difficult, you know? But you need to come join us. Hallelujah. Because there's strength in that. And not only that, you'll probably get blessed out of the deal. Amen. And anybody can pray for an hour. Jesus asked his disciples, can't you pray for an hour? You know, and <coughs> excuse me. So we invite you to come and join us. And it's always a great time. There's such great edification. God gives us utterance in the Holy Ghost to pray out the things that he wants us to be praying for. I think, uh, oh, a couple, well, the time before last, we ended up doing a lot of praying for the nation of Israel. You know, here's this little country, these people, you know, and they are surrounded by enemies on every side. I mean, it's nuts. And uh, so they need our prayers, amen? You know, and we need to pray for the peace of Israel. Isn't that what the Bible tells us to do? So it gives us an opportunity, and, and what better way to do that than when God is giving us unction and utterance to be able to pray some of those things out. So I hope that you'll do that, amen. Also, let me mention to you while I'm barking here about uh, the uh, small groups that we have coming up. I think we have, what, seven or eight of them? Nine. We've got nine different small groups that are available. Uh, Glenn, Pastor Glenn, will probably uh, be telling you a little bit about that here uh, toward the end of the service. But I want you to give some consideration to it, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not all about you. I know that's a newsflash, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. And we need each other, you know. If you're going to be an independent Fred, <laughs> you say, what is that? I remember, you know, when I was a kid growing up, whenever, we, you know, somebody was kind of standing off by themselves, you know, and just kind of being a doodah, We'd call him an independent Fred, and we'd strike up a tune, you know, and mock him, basically, until he submitted and got back in line, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, boy, I'm sure I'm telling you a lot about my past here. <laughs> Amen. Maybe I should talk about my brother-in-law, Phil. He's got a past. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Amen. But uh, let's see, where was I? 
Oh, I was talking about small groups. Yeah, come and, and well, consider it. Go out there and talk to the various uh, uh, small group leaders. They'll be out in the foyer. They'll tell you a little bit about it, stuff like that. And uh, come and join us. Make a commitment. You know, it'll just be one more layer uh, in your spiritual life that can really add value to what it is that you're doing. Not only that, you may be able to help some other people as well. So it's something to at least give consideration to. Did you all find Second Chronicles chapter 26? Let's bow our heads together and get ready to receive. Father, we love you today. And as we break the bread of life, we want to thank you, Father God, for the greater one who is in us. And Father God, because of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence, I want to thank you, Lord, today for your grace hmm, that speaks to each and every one of us where we find ourselves. I, I thank you, Father, because there's desires that you have in all of our lives to see fulfilled and Father, the only way it can happen is, is if we learn your way and walk therein. So I ask you to help us, Father, to see from your perspective and to understand, Father, the things that you've ordained. And Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Second Chronicles chapter 26. Um, back in May, uh, we were uh, reading from this story. And let me preface the reading by just simply saying that after Saul, David, Solomon, you know, you get down the roadways of all of these kings in Israel, uh, they ended up, uh, there became a division of the 12 tribes to where there were two, what they called the southern and the northern kingdoms. And in the northern kingdom, there was 10 tribes. And in the southern kingdom, there was two. It was Judah and Benjamin. And they fought with one another, you know, for different, primarily because Benjamin and Judah tended to be more godly than the other 10 tribes of Israel that were in the northern kingdom. And so uh, in this uh, uh, scenario, there were 20 different kings that ruled over the southern kingdom. The 10th king was a guy by the name of Uzziah. And it's interesting, if you read in the Chronicles or in the, in the First and Second Kings, the historical accounts of them, you know, the Bible will say that some of them lived for God and some of them didn't do so good. Now, when you get into, you know, the northern kingdom and uh, the king of, uh, of Israel, uh, they had some serious problems. But anyway, Uzziah uh, uh, kind of came up through the ranks and he started uh, ruling as a 16-year-old. Get a load of that. How would you like to listen to a 16-year-old tell you what to do? Well, anyway. But the interesting thing is that he reigned for 52 years. Now, what's interesting about that is, is that the, the shelf life of most kings wasn't very long. You know, if you get 15 out of them, you're doing pretty good. This guy actually lasted for 52 years. So let's read this story together here, and uh, then I'll uh, share with you a little bit about what I want to talk about. It says, uh, verse 1 of chapter 26, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, made him king in the stead or in the room of his father, Amaziah. And he built uh, Eloth, restored it to Judah, after that the king slept with his fathers. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all 
that his father Amaziah did. Now I want you to notice this next verse. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Everybody say he sought God. Yes, he sought God in the days of uh, Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long, I want you to notice this statement, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. This past week, I was doing some praying, and I was just basically praying about our future, praying about the church's future, praying about, you know, we as a people and and our future. And the Spirit of God gave me this verse of Scripture. Now, the reason that I bring this up to you is, is that right now we live in a world where there's a lot of consternation. There's all kinds of questions. People's lives and livelihoods are being threatened by this, that, and the other. We see the demise of so many things that are good and right, and people seem without any kind of, you know, uh, emotion whatsoever not to really care. We see a lot of corruption. We see a lot of lawlessness. We see all of these things that are going on. Well, you know, naturally, it can give a person reason and cause for concern. Amen? Now, so I was praying about it, you know, and just saying, God, you know, uh, you know, you said that, uh, that uh, the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against the church and some different things that he was saying. So I said, I just want to spend some time and I want to pray about our future and, and, you know, ask you to help me. You know, as a pastor, I have the responsibility of guiding the church in the direction that God would have. And that's no small task. I mean, really, what is the right direction? There are a lot of voices People are saying a lot of different kinds of things, but the only thing that matters to me is what he's saying. So he gives me this verse, and he says, as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, his God, God made him to prosper. Some of your Bible translations will say he made him succeed or have success. And so, in other words, what God was speaking to my heart is, is you don't have to trouble yourself about all the stuff that's going on in the world. As long as you seek me, I will make you to prosper. And historically, and when I talk about prosper, let me qualify that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying so that it may be well with you as his child, his ability to take care of you so that you can cast all your care, may say all of it, all of it onto him because he cares for you. Are you with me? Now, if you want to fixate on the storm, if you want to be like the Peter that was walking on the water and got to looking at the waves and the wind and the whatever, and he began to what? Sink. You know, there, here's an analogy here that we need to get our head wrapped around. You know, if you're looking at the wrong thing, child of God, listen to me, you're going to sink. Okay, that's, it's not, this is not rocket science. But if you'll believe in the Lord your God, the Bible says he will establish you. Hey? And if you'll believe his prophets and praise God, you will prosper in the middle of it all. How many of you believe that? I believe it. Glory to God. So notice that scripture that we just got in reading. It says, as long as he sought the Lord... God made him to prosper or to succeed. In other words, it didn't say, as long as everything's going okay, 
God will be able to put you over in life. That's not what it said. It didn't say, you know, as long as we have the right person in the White House, everything's going to be okay. Well, listen to me. Everything's going to be okay no matter who's there. Because if you think that some person is going to fix the problem that is in this world, you are sorely mistaken. Okay? Thank God now the Bible does say that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Huh? But sin, <coughs> sin is a reproach to any people. And we got a lot of reproaching going on right now. But don't let that trouble you, because God said, as long as you continue to seek me, I will cause you, I don't know about, about everybody else, but I'll cause you to prosper. So it isn't about, you know, if we got the right person in the White House, it's not about, you know, as long as the culture doesn't, you know, dive off of the cliff in immorality. Our culture's diving off the cliff into immorality. They got other names for it, but it's all the same. Should we be concerned about that? Well, we should be concerned for them. Are you with me? Because the outcome of that will be terrible. It didn't say as long as my investments are making money. Huh? You know, maybe, you know, if you got money in the market, you've probably been making money and everybody's all hallelujah. Well, what's going to happen when it changes? What's going to happen to you? How are you going to think? What are you going to do? These are questions I think we should ask ourselves, amen? It didn't say that as long as COVID stays away from my house, everything will be okay. But COVID's everywhere, dude. You know? You know, they, in the CARES Act, I just, I just read this, in the CARES Act, the government set aside $178 billion, with a B, dollars at the beginning of this, in order to help to assist in, in the whole affair. B. So if you are a healthcare provider and somebody dangles a carrot of $178 billion in front of you, I will guarantee you that if you walk in the door with a scratch on your finger, it's COVID. Now, I'd like to believe that people are a lot more honest than that and whatever the case might be, but you and I know better. So we see all of this and everything. Well, you know, uh, Abbott, uh, the governor of Texas, four days ago, he, he uh, uh, was um, tested positive for COVID. Four days later, he's negative. I mean, okay, maybe we want to look at this whole testing business a little bit. You know, and so the whole thing, you guys, I mean, come on, child of God, let's exercise some faith in the blood of Jesus. And I'm not talking about being presumptuous or foolish or anything of that nature, but I'm telling you what, Jesus himself took our infirmity and bare our sicknesses, and by his stripes, we are healed. Let's believe him. Amen. People are running around in fear. My God, they're locking the doors and they're, you know, crawling in a hole. That is not God. Hallelujah. How am I doing, Jim? <laughs> he says, I'm holding up. Hallelujah. You know, Jim was a rank sinner before Jesus got a hold of him. 
more I get to know this guy, I mean, the ornerier he was. But then weren't we all until he showed up? Amen. Thank God for his grace. So I guess what I'm saying is, Uzziah, the Bible says that as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Now, unfortunately, in the latter years of his rule, uh, he got filled with pride. The Bible tells us that in, his, in the beginning days of his uh, pursuit of God, God blessed him greatly and, and made him exceedingly strong. You know, he built, he built different things. So when you talk about seeking God, he sought the welfare of the kingdom of God and the people of God, and he did that which was right. So when I tell you, you know, we need to seek God, I'm telling you to do the same thing. You know, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought, and let them return to the Lord, and he will abundantly pardon. Are you listening to me? So when people are living in sin and doing their dirt, dude, there ain't no blessing on that. There ain't no bless when you're out doing dirt. Are you with me? If you're being ornery, if you're being hard-hearted, if you're, you know, being full of unforgiveness and all these different kinds of things, you got wedges in between relationships and all of these things, there ain't no bless there. That's not seeking God. The Bible says to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that you may be exalted, praise God, in due time. That means sometimes you have to repent. That's, that means sometimes you have to ask God and the people that you're engaged with or involved with to forgive you. Am I in the right house? Amen. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, praise God, I don't want nothing between my heart and him because I want to be blessed. And when I get into a tough spot, I want to know that I can have confidence in God to see me through that matter. So as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Amen. And I tell you what, that's pretty good. Amen. So what does it mean? And let me, let me before we get there, but, but just let me just say this, that the key to your success as a believer, no matter what the generation is, the generation you and I are now presently living in, the key to your success in any environment for the believer is to make the Lord your delight. A lot of folk don't make, and I'm talking about believers, they don't make the Lord their delight. They just kind of, you know, do what they got to do when they got to do it, and that's about it. They're not really advancing the kingdom of God. They're a Christian, but, you know, I mean, kind of in name only in the sense that, yeah, they're probably going to heaven. But what are we doing in the engagement of, of kingdom business? You with me? Because the reality about serving Christ is, is that there is with it a sacrifice. Now, I know a lot of folk, they don't like to, you know, necessarily hear that. They say, hey, man, I'm in if there's something I can benefit from it. Well, you do benefit. But yet, right on the other hand, when it comes to the calling of God, and we're all called, you know, you may not be in a pulpit or something of that nature, but we're all called to advance the kingdom of God and make disciples. And in that process, there's a price. There's times, you know it, I know it, we've all been in it when God wants us to do something and it's not convenient. Am I in the right house? No, no, not now, man, dude. I No, uh-uh. I don't want to tell him about Jesus right now. I, I'm, I'm whatever it is that you're doing. But God wants to use us. 
And there are people out there that are ripe, quote unquote, for the picking. Amen. By the way, Colorado peaches are in the stores. How many of you know that? How many of you don't know that? Missing half your life. How many of you don't care? You should. Jeff, have you ever had a Colorado peach? I don't eat any peaches. Listen to me. Huh? Who eats peaches that have never had a Colorado peach? You've never had a Colorado peach. Oh, bless your heart, darling. You got to go right now to Fairway or Hy-Vee or wherever, and you got to buy Colorado peaches. Set you free. There is nothing. There is no peach on the planet like a Colorado peach. Amen. You know, my wife, she likes to give them away. I don't want her giving them away. Man, what are you doing? Give them away. Maybe we should have, you know, Jeff Straczynski dropped by yesterday, and, and uh, we were telling him about the peaches and things like that. She said, well, maybe we should have given them. I know why. Don't give them. Let him go get his own. <laughs> don't miss it, man. Uh, it's on right now. And I'll tell you another thing, man. You slice them babies up, put a little cream on there. And my wife, she likes a little sugar too. Actually, she likes a little peaches with her sugar. You know? Did I need to tell them that? Get back to the Bible. Okay. Um, yeah, she, yeah. But it's a little cream or half and half or, mmm. It's like one guy said, you know, you take a bowl of that, put it on top of your head that your tongue will beat your brains out trying to get to it. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> I'm just telling you. <clears throat> you know, I had to get a kickback probably somehow or another because the sales on Colorado Peach should probably go up here in the next three days. What does it mean to seek the Lord? The Bible says as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. How does that apply to you and I in our day? What does that mean? Well, you know, again, he rebuilt Eloth. Uh, evidently, it was a city there in Judah. He did things that, you know, built things up. He did things to support the people. He did things where, you know, the things of God were concerned. And as long as he continued to do that, God caused him to prosper. But, you know, when you talk about our lives, the same application is true. When we put God first, when we make him our priority, then the blessing of God will rest upon our life. I know we've got things in life that we need to do, but sometimes people's lives have gotten so busy that God is absolutely crowded out of anything. You know, and they fit him in when it's convenient, if it's convenient, and a lot of times that never happens. So we have to make him and his word our priority. When we're, you know, uh, uh, putting him first, seeking the Lord, is when we, we work to advance his kingdom, when we obey God in the way that we live. You know, some people got junk in their life. They need to get rid of it. I just heard of someone here recently that just got saved maybe two, three months ago and went home and got rid of all the junk that was in their house that didn't have anything to do with God. Burned it, got rid of it, threw it in the trash. That's what people need to do. Amen. You know, not only that, you know, but, you know, <clears throat> well, 
anything that's in our lives, when we're removing it in order to please him, that is seeking God. Amen? And it may not be some overt sin. It might be just, it could be our conversation. You know, uh, I was just thinking about uh, Willie George uh, did a message entitled uh, Raising Positive Kids in a Negative World. And I was thinking about that, and he's got some outlines, great teacher. But anyway, um, I was thinking about that. But one of the things that I realized is, is that, and I don't even know if this is one of the, the points within the book, but, you know, you're not going to raise positive kids if you're not. Huh? You know, the Bible says we're to be an example. And the, and the truth of the matter is, is that if you're always barking about this, that, and the other, and about half grumpy most of the time, and whatever the case might be, dude, it rubs off on your kids. They need to be nurtured, man. I mean, they're like sponges. You know what I'm saying? And they're so wonderful. My little granddaughter, she was at, uh, Lily was at the house, and she was sitting at the counter, and we were having lunch, and she leaned over, and she's, she told, she told uh, Joan, she says, hey, can, can you move me over a little closer to Papa? <laughs> Tell you what, that don't melt your heart. <laughs> and then we were watching, you know, Veggie Tales, and she didn't like the, the uh, uh, what was that? Goliath, cucumber. The cucumber Goliath. So as soon as that came on, man, she was right there by my, by my side. But I, I tell you what, man, God's good. He'll teach you new songs, you know. Got to tell you something. I don't have a belly button, you know. <laughs> you learn all kinds of stuff. So have some grandkids. You'll have a great time. Amen. Jesus made this statement. He said to seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. Everybody say added. added. Added to you. We have to trust in the Lord, you know, if ever we're to uh, make our way through this. Turn to Psalm 112 with me. Psalm 112. Y'all glad you came today? Look at Psalm 112. <clears throat> Now, all of you will probably go home. I don't have a belly button. It'll be great. And you can blame me. If you call me tonight and say, you Nerf ball, you know, <laughs> got me started on this little thing. Look at Psalm 112 with me, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Glory to God. Blessed is the man or woman that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandment. What is the commandment that Jesus gave to the church? I think I heard it there. To love one another. Huh? This is a new commandment I give, that you love one another. Well, you know, we're living in an environment of hate, or at least we see a lot of that being uh, exemplified and demonstrated in the world. Well, if you're not careful, you can slip into that same kind of thing. Can't you? Can't you? Oh, yeah. You know, the more you listen, the, 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 the fussier you get, angrier, whatever the case might be. So you just shut it off and delight greatly in his commandments to walk in love. Amen. And not allow yourself to be... Because that's the thing, you guys. I mean, it's intended for no other reason. It's a device. It's a tactic. It's a scheme of the devil 
to get people to fuss because when you do, you lose, no matter what. Fussing is not a part of the characteristics of the kingdom. So if it's in a relationship, you know, in your, in your married relationship or if it's outside the relationship, right now I, I hear it all the time. You know, we've got all these divisions that are starting to take place where families are concerned. I'm talking about your immediate family, siblings, you know, moms and dads, all these different. It used to be kind of here and there, you'd hear about it. Now you're hearing it all the time. People are choosing sides, baby. And some of it's not good. So what are you going to do? You know, you can either get angry or say, well, I'm sorry you feel the way that you do, but I'm not compromising. I said, I'm not compromising. See, that's the thing. When you talk about as long as we seek the Lord or sought the Lord, part of that is, is that you refuse to compromise. Amen. You don't have to go to church all the time. Well, I don't have to. I get to. Amen. Are you with me? Well, the reason that people say that is, is because they're feeling guilty about their own, you know, whatever, commitment or lack thereof. And, and, and so they start pounding on you. You know, they want to bring you down. What we want to do is bring them up. Say, come on, man. Are you listening to me? So he says here, the delights greatly in his commandment. Notice verse 2. His seed, and we've seen him right here this morning, shall be mighty on the earth. Glory to God. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm telling you, glory to God. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness will endure forever. To the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends, and he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid, listen, of evil tidings. Hear it all the time. Turn on TV. Run through a newsreel or something like that. It's everywhere. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, and he will not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He's dispersed. Um, he is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. See, there is a way to live, my friend. Glory to God. With generosity. And, and righteousness and justice and truth in our lives. We don't have to bow down and we don't have to succumb and we certainly don't need to get down to the level of this world. Are you with me? And it becomes our choice to do so. Verse 10 finally says, the wicked will see it and be grieved. Oh boy, do we see that. You see these commentators on television and they're blaming Christians and Republicans and uh, religious people for all the wrongs that are in the world. Thank God for the righteous. Eh? Come on, for the believer, the child, the Christian. Amen. But they're saying they're the problem. They need re-education. I don't need their education. Are you kidding me? They're dumber than a fence post. Are you listening to me? Why in the world would I want to listen to them? Well, anyway, don't get me started. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He'll gnash uh, with his teeth and melt away. And the desire of the wicked will perish. It's going to perish. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 37. 
long as we're looking at some things here that'll bless us. I got, I, I got this scripture last night as I was just about to go off into La La Land. You know, we had retired and we were there and uh, all of a sudden this thing comes floating up on the inside of me. I thought, hmm, okay. Look at this verse of scripture. You need to mark this. I mean, write it down. Study it. Study the whole chapter if you like. This is a Psalm of David. Now listen to what he's telling us to do. How many of you believe the Bible here this morning? Huh? The Bible's God speaking to us, isn't it? So what does it say? Fret not. Everybody say fret not. Any of you doing any fretting lately? <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> fret not because of evildoers. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Don't you love the Bible? Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's a lot of lawlessness going on. Yes, there is a lot of corruption that is going on. But listen, they're going to have their day. Are you with me? Notice it goes on. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and verily or truly you will be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what? If you've lost your hope in this whole mess, it's time to give some consideration to what it is that God has promised. Okay, let me say that again. If you've lost your hope in all of these things that are going on, it's time for us to give some consideration to what it is that God has promised. Hallelujah. Notice it goes on then to say, verse five, uh, five, commit your way into the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. As long as Uzziah sought the Lord, the Lord made him to prosper. Everybody say, the Lord makes me to prosper. See, the Lord wants to make you prosper. A lot of folk, you know, they, they got all, they're all mixed up in their theology about what God does want and what he doesn't want. Listen, if you read the Bible, he wants you to prosper. Why? Because when you prosper, you can help others. You can bless others. You can be a blessing. There's things that God can do through you, you know, and get it. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you so that you can be a blessing to people. But you got to change the way you think, you know. Well, you know, inflation, I mean inflation. Well, yeah, you know, you could, you could spend eight bucks a gallon. Uh, Pastor Glenn, my son-in-law, said in Norway, they, U.S. dollars, it's about eight to ten bucks a gallon. How many of you drive a diesel? You know what? They, they have a healthy appetite. Huh? So right now, we already go to, the, go to the mailbox, you know, or Chris, how about you? You know anything about diesels? Well, anyway, you know, uh, you go to the gas station, three bucks a gallon. You know, it's 100, 120 bucks to fill your tank. You say, what's this world coming to? An end. <laughs> Jesus said that heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my word will never pass away. 
So I'm hanging on to the Bible. Glory to God, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. And that ought to be the book for you. Huh? He said to commit your way unto him, glory to God, and he'll give you the desires of your heart so you can have hope if you're looking at him. And then it goes on to say, verse 6, he'll bring forth your righteousness as a light, or the light, and your judgment as a noonday. Rest in the Lord. Everybody say rest. Take a chill pill, dude. And wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Dude, there's so much junk going on right now. Huh? Man, it is messed up. Aren't you glad Jesus is going to take care of this? Huh? Come on. Yeah. Cease from anger, verse 8. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers will be cut off. But those that wait on the Lord shall inherit the what? They'll share. And there's a lot more, you know, in this, in this verse. But I want to give you these verses because so much of the time, you know, we get to looking at the wrong things. So praise God, we can take Psalm, you know, 112, Psalm 37, some of the other verses of Scripture that I gave to you, you know, <coughs> and we can make those things our delight. To close, I want to just say that even in the midst of adversity, and you're going to have it. You can't go through life without opposition, but thank God you're not going through it alone, okay? It may be relational, you know, you may be having some, you know, stick points in relationships with family and different things of that nature. People that are in your house are not necessarily in your house, but part of your family, and they're not believers, and they have an opinion. Any of you have some of those? I do, you know? Amen? But the reality is, praise God, that, you know, when you put your trust in God, you don't have to get all, you know, knotted up because they don't believe the way that you believe. You just go on down the road and stay happy. Sorry you feel the way that you do, but you know what? I'm connected to Jesus. And glory to God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Now, you probably wouldn't say that to them because they wouldn't understand what you mean. Amen. But in the midst of adversity, no matter what it is, God is able, you know, to make a stand. He's able to make you stand. I said he's able to make you stand when we're faithful to him. Let's look at one more thing as a story here, and we'll do this real quickly, and then we'll come to a close. Um, Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was a young man uh, when the fall of Israel took place. Daniel happened to be part of the captivity, and Nebuchadnezzar took him and three others that we have a record of uh, um, to Babylon. And if you read the scriptures, you know, Jeremiah talked about the fact that judgment was going to come on Israel and that they would be basically leveled and scattered all over the place. And that's exactly what happened. And it happened because they forsook God. They did not seek God. They forsook him. And in whenever you forsake God, dude, you're going the wrong direction. I can tell you that right now. Yes, but he didn't understand, and these people did me wrong, and whatever the case might be, you know. But I'm telling you what, you got to stop making excuses. Am I in the right house? You know, people, they make excuses all the time. Well, you know, it's not really convenient, I wish they'd do this. You know, most churches, they have 47 different services. 
because we're trying to placate and make everyone so wonderfully happen, so it happy so that it kind of works into their... At what point are we going to understand that Jesus is Lord, we're not? Now, I'm all for having services. I don't want you to get all jazzed up about that. But what's happened is, is that, you know, we got to make it convenient for people. There are churches where the people haven't even come back yet. And I'm talking about, there's some churches that haven't even opened yet. Because they can do it all online. And people can do whatever it is that they do. They don't have to do nothing. You know, they send their money in. And I'm all, you know, the thing about it is, God doesn't want your money. He wants you. It's a trap, you guys, I'm telling you. We need community. We need one another. We need the camaraderie. We need to be able to pray together, to strengthen one another, to support. And some of these churches, they haven't even opened their door yet. Well, anyway, sorry. I just get stirred up once in a while. I'm human. She's had 44 years with me. Just ask her. She'll tell you. (laughs) You didn't have to be so (laughs) affirming. Whenever you start living right, as we read in the scriptures, you know, there's always going to be opposition. People come against you. Don't let that bother you. Amen. Rejoice. Isn't that what Jesus said? You know, they speak ugly about you. Get happy. Amen. At least there's some reason for it. Amen. Well, so that's going to happen within our lives. Daniel, great story, young man, he ends up, you know, off into captivity. He becomes a slave, essentially. You know, they put him in the king's uh, court, Nebuchadnezzar's court, because they wanted some of them, you know, that were wise and things of that nature. He probably come from upper class. It's hard to tell. But they wanted to teach them the ways of the Chaldeans, and they wanted to take advantage of what it is that they could get from them as far as the advancement of the kingdom. So he grows up in this environment, and, but he never forsook God. He still worshiped God. He had a devotion to God. He was faithful to God. And if you get into this sixth chapter, you'll find that he's going down the road of life, minding his own business. But I'm telling you what, dude, this guy has got it going on. He becomes one of the king's three presidents. But he excelled in his wisdom and his ability to govern beyond all the rest of them, and they hated him for it. And so they were looking for a way to be able to conspire against him, and they could not find, they decided there wasn't anything in terms of fault within him, and the only way they could get him is if they did something where his religion was concerned. So they went, you know, and, you know, schmoozed up to the king, says, oh, king, you are something else. And he goes, yeah, I know it. He says, you know, we, may, we think you ought to make a decree that no one can worship any other god but you for however long it was. He says, I like your idea. And so they, you know, signed it with his, you know, the signet of his ring and everybody had to worship God. What does the Bible say? Daniel went back to his house and worshiped God with his windows open. Huh? Three times a day, just like he had always been doing. And guess what? They knew that that's what he did. So they just watched till he did it and said, hey, we got him. 
So then they come back and they put the squeeze on the king and the king knows that these guys have conspired against him for evil reasons, and, but, but he used that signet and he had to stand by his word. And so they were going to throw him in the lion's den. All right? And the king said, oh, Daniel. He said, praise God, your God will keep you. And he said, yes, king. Hallelujah. It wasn't like, oh, I sure hope so. And so he spent a night in the lion's den. Are you with me? Yeah. And the Bible says that the king did not sleep that night because he knew about everything that had gone on. So he came and he rose early in the morning. He went to the place and he said, oh, Daniel, is God able? And he said, oh, king, live forever. You know, there was a lot of uh, reverb on that, by the way, because we're in a cave. Huh? And the king says, get him up out of there. And he comes up, and then he took all the conspirators, gathered them up, and the boys had breakfast. Are you with me? What's that mean? You know, when the devil comes against you, and now here's the verse that I wanted you to read. It's the very last verse in chapter 6. <clears throat> so this Daniel prospered, everybody say prospered, in the reign of Darius and also in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. What am I trying to tell you as we close? I'm just telling you, you guys, God will take care of you if you just look to him, believe him, stay faithful to him. God, I don't know, you know what it is that's going on, but I know you, and I know that you're able, and so I'm gonna keep my trust in you, I'm gonna make my delight in you, I'm gonna be thankful to you, and praise God, you'll make a way even if there isn't one. You know, there was no escape from that, from that cave where all those lions were, but I tell you what, God kept that guy. I believe he can do the same thing for us, amen? You know, in the midst of adversity, you know, glory to God, he can do it. So let's stand, everyone. Praise God. Hallelujah. If we're going to live well and we're going to prosper in the last days, we need to be devoted and obedient to him. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this morning. Let's just bow our heads for just one moment here about putting him first and following his lead, being engaged in kingdom things. You know, I know, again, a lot of things are going on. Everybody's just trying to whatever, whatever. But listen, at the end of the day, it's about him. And I tell you what, if, if we want to enjoy God's best, and I know you do, then that means we're going to have to give him our best. Hallelujah. Not make excuses. You know, you just say yes when it's time. And I tell you what, praise God, if you'll do, God will bless you. Father, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice, those that are listening or watching online. And I want to thank you, Father God, for your grace in every one of our lives. We do live in perilous and troublous times, Father. But you said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So that's exactly what we're going to do, Father. And we're going to rejoice in you. We're going to put our trust in you. And we're going to thank you, Father God, for your amazing grace in every one of our lives. God, I pray for homes here today. Yes, families, husbands, wives, children. Yes, and even individuals, Father God, that they will turn their gaze upon you. That they will put in place things, Father God, that cause them to look to you, to seek the Lord, to pray, 
Father, and to read your word and meditate on it. I thank you, Father God, for bringing about change in people's lives. I thank you, Lord God, that they can rest in you because, Father, their confidence, their faith, their trust, their, their focus, their gaze is upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you today, Father God, for your blessing in each and every one of our lives. Thank you, Lord. Now, while your head is bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around. If you happen to be here this morning, you never asked Christ into your heart, you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to know him. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look today? Anyone you've never made a decision to receive Christ? Praise God. Well, while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. How many of you with your uplifted hand would say, you know what, I'm ready to make some changes. I'm ready to take a stand. Praise God, I'm ready to remove some things that don't belong in my life. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, could you just please up, slip up your hand? Hallelujah, thank you, bless you. Anybody else? Glory to God. Thank you, God bless you. Anybody else? You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. You know, say, well, yeah, no, I, I know I need to, I should, but you know, whatever. No, don't do that. Just, just make the decision. Today is the day. Is there anyone else? You know, you, may, you decided this is it. We're going get, to get this changed here right now. All right, ma'am, thank you. God bless you. Anybody else before we pray? All right, as a church, as a congregation, let's pray together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your amazing grace in my life. Lord, I ask you now to help me to follow after the plan you have for me. Forgive me, Lord, and I thank you for your grace, for strengthening me to do your will, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Those of you that have made your decisions, if there's anything in your life that doesn't represent his kingdom, get it out. Burn it. Throw it in the trash. Anything that represents an ungodly lifestyle, get it out of your life. You don't need it anyway. It will never help you. Yeah, but I paid all this money. You know, it doesn't make any difference. When I got saved, I had, well, back then it was eight-track tapes. But I mean, I had boxes of tapes. I couldn't tell you how much money it might represent. But I tell you what, one night we got excited and we were loving Jesus and on fire for God and we brought all of our stuff. It was like the book of Acts, you know, when the occultists brought all their stuff and piled it up, said it was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. I don't know that we had made it quite that far, but everyone took all of their albums, all their eight tracks, all of their stuff, and we brought and had a bonfire. It's glorious, man. Praise God. You don't need that secular junk in your life. You know, the message that it's preaching is anything but godly. And don't shout me down now just because I got to meddling. But it's true. Praise God. Find something that edifies, something that will bless. Praise God. Well, anyway, we're going to receive our offering this morning. The ushers are standing. They have an envelope.